0: Bye. Welcome in to another great edition of Strong Style. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. I'm your amazing host. You guys are my amazing listening audience, and this is an amazing Thursday. There is a lot to talk about. There is always a lot to talk about because this is our MMA podcast, MMA, combat sports, and pro wrestling, and there's just a lot of that. Between keeping up with all of all of uh, stuff on TV and the Olympics this week, man, it is uh, it has been a lot of television viewing. Uh, We actually have, I think we got the women's canoe slalom. I think it's where they go through the gates and everything. I think that's what's playing now. That I'm, I'm getting, yep. Producer, give me a thumbs up on that. So apparently that is what we have on here at the moment. Like I said, there are tons of things in the last week that have happened that uh, we need to talk about and stuff just maybe I missed from last time, which is where I'm actually going to start. I'm going to start with UFC Fight Night. Sandhagen versus Dillashaw. Now, this one was... uh, Man, it was good. It was good. It may not have had the uh, the name recognition that a lot of uh, a lot of casual fans would recognize, but there were some just incredible fights. I'm going to stick to the main card, even though Brendan Allen's win over Soriano was he won that fight by far. uh, involved, uh KO in round number two of Ian Heinisch. And this is no joke. That was uh, just, that was incredible. Mickey Gall with a big submission win over Jordan Williams. And these were all prelims. These were all prelim fights. Let's go to the main card. The main card. You had Adrian Yanez taking on Randy Costa. Yanez with the KO in round number two. It's a nice strike there. Uh, I told you guys this was going to be a great one. This next one here. Macy Barber and Miranda Maverick. Uh, I told you guys it would probably be one of the best fights of the night. I would give it that. Uh, Between that and the main were my two favorites. Yeah, I'm not just saying this is one of my favorites just because I picked it. No, no, no. I'm saying it because it was just that good. Uh, I felt like Miranda won round one. I feel like Macy won round two. I mean uh round three. Round two, I would say I would say Miranda won about forty percent of round number two and Macy won the other sixty percent and I think that was the difference. Macy really kinda started to come alive in the in the second, about midway through the second. I, I don't know what sparked it in particular, but uh, what she did, Miranda was uh, doing her best just to uh, to try to uh, keep up. Really good fight. It was a split decision win for Macy. I don't disagree with it. I don't disagree. with. Like I said, just because I picked Miranda Maverick to win, I like both these girls. They are both exceptional fighters. They are fun to watch. They really get after it. And, hey, Macy gets her boost up. Miranda has to go back to the drawing board a little bit, get another fight under her belt before she can boost herself back up to the level she wants to be. But like I said, this was between this and the main event, by far my favorite fights on this card. Uh, Derek Minner got KO'd by Darren Elkins in round number two. Majority of the knockouts on this card happened in round number two. It was uh, it was not the magic round for for a lot of people. And it was for others. Uh, then you had uh, Raulian Paeva had the majority decision over Kyler Phillips. It was a pretty good fight. And that led us to the perennial favorite Corey Sanagan who took on the returning T.J. Dillashaw. He sat out two years after uh, he took EOP or it helps with conditioning, is what I'm told. I don't know much about it, but uh, I'll be honest. When Uncle Chael knows a little bit about uh, enhancing substances, when he gets on the mic and tells you what it does, probably what it does. But TJ came back in this one. It went to a split decision, and Delishaw gets the win. And uh, Corey thought maybe he won it. It was close. It was it was almost as close as the uh, uh, Miranda and Macy fight I just talked about. But in this one, I felt like Corey probably won two rounds, and TJ won three. The cut above his right in the corner of his of his eye was was crazy, and not corner. It's like upper, like it's almost where his right eyebrow. Reaches towards the bridge of his nose, the top of the bridge of his nose. It, I, I, it, it looked like something out of a like a, a, a horror movie or something, where somebody took a hatchet and and just it was a gnarly gnarly cut. But Dillashaw gets the win, and Dillashaw says, "Hey, give me a top five guy. I'm coming for the belt. So why not?" Feed him another feed him a big guy if he gets past that, then talk about the future. Have you done? move him down the rankings and be done with it uh let's see uh let's go ahead and preview this week's fight night as well. it is UFC Fight night on Saturday night it is the same time as bellator two sixty three it's going to be interesting. Let's talk about UFC first. Um, some names you would know off of the prelims. Uh, Ashley Yoder is going to be taking on Jen Fry. Uh, Danny Chavez is going to take on Kai Kamaka. Rafa Garcia versus Chris Guttenmacher. Grusemacher. I'm adding letters in there. Sorry about that, Chris. And uh, Wu Yanan is taking on Nico Montano in the women's bantamweight there. That's that's going to be fun. Uh, Phil Rowe also fighting Orion uh, Casey. It's pretty good. Pretty good prelim. Let's talk about the, the main card. You got Brian Barberino. Taking on Jason Witt in the welterweight division. That should be good. They are very uh, similar in their records. Uh, you got uh, Ryan Benoit taking on Zaruk Adeshev in the flyweight division. You got Nicholas Stolze versus Jared Gooden. Gloria DePaula is taking on Cheyenne Bize in the women's strawweight. That's going to be pretty good. Kyung Ho Kang is going to take on Rana Yaya in the main event. Uriah Hall, you know, he kind of had a rough go of it. Kind of had a rough go of it uh, in that he, he won the fight technically when Chris Weidman broke his leg. But, you know, everybody's saying, well, you didn't throw a punch in. So he's he's got to prove himself. He gets middleweight contender Sean Strickland. Sean very much likes to march you down. That means he continues to kind of march forward and push the pace and push you into places he wants you to be. But Uriah Hall ain't no joke. Uriah Hall has faced Anderson Silva, and he beat Anderson Silva. You can say it was because Anderson was at the end of his tenure or or any kind of random things like that. That's fine. But, no. Uriah Hall is going to bring everything he's got. And Sean Strickland, if he can march him down, has a good chance he can't march him down. Uriah Hall is going to end up with a victory here. But that is your fight card for UFC. Now Bellator. Bellator's main event is probably one of the biggest, most hyped, possibly important fights they've had in their history. Uh, It got heated at the press conference this morning. Let's start with three limbs of Bellator 263. Uh, You've got Justin Berry versus Daniel Compton in the middleweight division. You've got Joshua Jones versus Johnny Cisneros. You've got Brian Moore versus Jordan Winsky. Georgie Caracanon, taking on uh, Keeper Crosby. You've got Godzi Rabadinov versus Daniel Carey. You've got Alara Joanne versus Vanessa Porto in the women's flyweight. That's going to be fun. Get two Brazilians. These ladies can fight. That's going to be fun. Uh, Then that moves us to the main card. The main card. There are a lot of fights on this card. Uh, you get Gaudi Yamauchi versus Chris Gonzalez. You've got Brent Primus versus Islam Mamadov. I the one on that one. Maybe I'm looking at my picks as I'm doing this. Uh, Usman Nurmagomedov is yes the brother of, uh, of uh, UFC fighter and Manny Murrow. Got Emmanuel Sanchez versus Mads Brunell, and then the fight of the century, as they're calling it. It could be. You've got pretty much Mr. Bellator, Patricio Pitbull, that has just—I mean, really—he's been him and his brother uh, Patrici has have. Uh, have been the the face of Bellator since almost the very beginning, if not the beginning. Uh, they've been in tons of fights. They've represented well. They win a lot. I mean, he's thirty two four and zero overall in his career. That's that's crazy. Uh, he's going to bring it, and he is the this is the finals of the featherweight world grand prix. He's the featherweight champion. He's beaten everybody. There's only one person he he hadn't faced, and this tournament gave us. The ultimate matchup in the final. Undefeated. 17 0 0 A.J. McKee. Patricio Pitbull is like the, uh, I don't want to call him old, but he is like the veteran. He is the guy who has just been on top forever. Forever. And A.J. McKee is the uh, the up-and-comer. Undefeated. You couldn't script this any better. Like I said, this guy heated at the press conference earlier today. Uh, Patricio actually stormed out when AJ McKee took his belt. Kind of uh, Paul Brother esque. Kind of uh, got your hat in case. Uh, I guess got your belt. But this is going to be something. And you know, if you're if you can get tickets at in Inglewood, California, it's at the Forum this Saturday. Or it's on Showtime. It can be on the same time as UFC. Like I said, uh, this, man, it's it's just a killer fight. If you don't know much about MMA and you just said, hey, what's, what's a good show or a good fight to watch You know that's coming up? Um, well, as much as I'll tell you that... Uh, UFC's got a solid card, which they do, with Raya Hall and, and Sean Strickland. That, that, that could be one to watch. I, I got a side with Bellator on this one and uh, Patricio Pitbull versus AJ McKee. The winner gets a million dollars on top of whatever fights, bonus, all that kind of stuff, on top of all that. So, you definitely want to watch this one. If you can't get it on pay-per-view or you can't get it through showtime, uh, try your best to watch a replay because this is it's just going to be an incredible fight. Just going to be an incredible fight. And the last fighting MMA thing I want to talk about. It's a bare-knuckle fight, bare-knuckle boxing, uh, bare-knuckle uh, FC, actually, that happened uh, a couple weeks ago between Paige Van Zandt. A lot of people are familiar with her. I uh, used to be in the UFC. And, uh, she, you know, a lot of people said, ah, oh, she's just another pretty face. She's not a good fighter. Well, she proved she could fight. She always could prove she could fight. And another person that's been accused of, uh, you know, being a social media model and, and not a fighter was her opponent, Rachel Osevich. I think after their fight, what little bit of doubters there were. What little bit of doubters there were, there's not it anymore. These girls hashed it out. Now, they don't have a problem with each other at all. They get along fine. They still get along fine. They hashed it out and just unleashed total wreckage on each other. Now, that being said, the winner of this fight, well, here's how it kind of broke down as far as what I saw. And, and I've heard some other people say similar, so apparently we saw the same fight. Uh, Paige landed a lot of shots where Rachel, uh, her shots seemed to have more behind them. And that's not saying that uh, she hit harder or anything like that. No, that's based on, because I wasn't the one taking the shots to the face uh, from these girls at all. Uh, They they were they were getting they were punching each other in the face. Uh, But from what I could tell, uh, when Paige would land a really good shot, Rachel uh, was not as reactive as Paige was when Rachel uh, caught her with a good shot. There was a little bit of uh, moving backwards, a little uh, you know they do the freeze frame things and make you look crazy when you get hit. But at the same time. It seemed that even though Paige was landing more shots, that Rachel's were doing more damage. Were getting bigger reactions. So, the fact that Rachel won the fight, I I don't disagree with it. I would love to have either of these ladies on the show. Because they... They can throw down, and they're super people. If you ever see any media with them or follow them on Instagram or anything, they are just super people. They seem like so much fun to be around. Them. But what's going to happen here? Well, Rachel will find a, a, a new opponent soon, and uh, Paige will as well. And uh, in a couple months, we'll see her right back in it. And i look forward to anything these two do, because like I said, they're, they're genuinely really, really cool people. And these girls can throw down. They can fight. Now, let's get into some, uh, some wrestling. Because there was some wrestling from over the weekend. Uh, not just over the weekend, but uh, all that. this is all from last week. People were new to the show. Uh, I talked about everything in weekly increments. The show came out a little later than I wanted it to. But uh, this is all from last week's action. Let's start start with AEW. We don't start with AEW. Often let's start with AEW. It was Fighter Fest Night Two. We open it up with Chris Jericho versus MJF's hand-picked opponent for Chris Jericho, Sean the Chairman Spears. This stipulation was that Spears could use chairs however he wanted to, and Jericho could not. Okay. It's it's a gimmicky thing, but it's something Spears is known for, and, you know, it is what it is. Okay. Spears is a good wrestler. And Jericho, even to be on the twilight of his career, can still go with anybody. This was a a really good opener. AEW is known for for really good openers, really good content. This this was definitely that. Uh, Jericho with the win in that one and and also for people new to the show I don't go match for match a majority of the time I talk I tell you about the things that, that mean something or building towards something so we fi- at some point we're going to get Jericho versus MJF uh, MJF did say later in the show that uh, Jericho would uh would have a more hardcore opponent for this week's show which was last night not going to get into that at the moment that was interesting. But uh, Jericho versus MJF is what we're going to eventually build to. They're building it the right way where Jericho is going through the whole stable. So we'll see where it goes. And we'll, we'll see how much fun. It's going to be some kind of, not a steel cage, but some kind of match like that. It's, it's going to be a, a big stipulation match. Um, and there was a Darby Allen match against uh, uh, Utah. It was okay biggest thing of the match was that Orange Cassidy was down there with Yuta, and Sting was down there with Darby, and if you haven't seen the video, look it up. Orange is known for his kind of nonchalant kick combo, and Sting was pretty much mirroring the whole thing, and it was pretty funny. It was a really good moment. Uh, It almost looked spontaneous. We knew it wasn't. But it was uh, it was something else. It was uh, it was definitely something else, and that exchange is is worth checking out. Now we also know, uh, for one, I found out that there is a third Gorilla of Destiny brother. Gorillas of Destiny are the sons of uh, wrestler Haku, or maybe you knew him as Ming, uh, and they are over in New Japan, and they are like the Usos on. Like, like the Incredible Hulk version of the Usos. They are an incredible team. They're great as solo wrestlers as well. But uh, we found out there's a third brother. Kikulio is his name. And he was in the building because New Japan sent him over to take on the winner of John Moxley versus Lance Archer in a Texas death match for the IWGP US title. Okay. Who won that match? These two went back and forth. There were barbed wire table boards. It was a Texas Death style match. I mean, it was a throwback to what you see in Japan without the explosives and the goofy shenanigans of that. But these two, uh, Archer was busted open pretty well. There was a fork involved at one point. I don't get into that kind of stuff. But. the way they, these two used a lot of the things around ringside and all was uh, really good. And in the end, your new IWGP United States champion, Lance Archer. This is great because he, when he started... Kind of when I first saw him, he was in TNA, otherwise known as Impact Wrestling now. He had a pretty decent run. I actually got to know his his tag partner, uh, Jimmy Ray, pretty well. He, he lives uh, just a couple towns over from where we do the show, actually. And, uh, and once again, you know, we've, we've said before, you can go on the GoFundMe to uh, help Jimmy out. He needs some uh, some medical assistance and, uh, and things like that, and you can donate. And uh, he appreciates everything. You just tell people about it. But he uh, Archer ended up teaming up with uh, the British Bulldogs kid Harry, and they were a really good tag team in New Japan for a while. They've uh, since kind of split. But a lot of people haven't seen Archer. At one point, he came back and was part of the New NXT, or the the New ECW rather, before NXT came along. And then he ended up back in New Japan. So, for the most part, U.S. audiences haven't seen him a lot. And AEW used him a little bit. And then he's kind of been on the back burner. To be such a big bruiser of a guy, and, and uh, Jake the Snake Roberts is his uh, handler, so to say, but his manager, and he comes out with him and all and, and does a great job of helping to hype him up, even though, even though Lance can talk on his own, having Jake the Snake is just another added to have to deal with. Uh, they just really haven't done much. And I, I don't know why, necessarily. Because, like I said, he's he's just a super big, great worker. So, the fact that New Japan probably told them, hey, he's he's beaten Moxley. For one, he's freed up enough to where, whether he takes on Hukulio over here, or goes back to New Japan to do that, Archer could actually, as part of the talent exchange they're doing, he could actually take the title back to New Japan. Because now this frees up Moxley. The problem before was that Moxley was entrenched in a bunch of really heavy stuff in AEW, so he couldn't go back to New Japan and and fulfill a lot of his contractual duties there. Well, including defending this belt, that's why they were having to send people over here to, so he can defend the belt. This frees up Moxley to do his AEW stuff. And this makes it where Archer can go to New Japan for a while if he wants and, and keep defending the title, or he can keep defending it here. Uh, he could go to one of the other shows. Because right now, people who don't know, New Japan, AEW, AAA in Mexico and Impact Wrestling all have a talent exchange where you're just going to see faces from one on another, and there's some crossovers, and there's been some champs here and there, and we talk about them a lot on here. It's a cool exchange. It's It should help everybody involved, and so far it has. Uh, There's a few weird moments that you can have those. But uh, either way, other things you need to know from AEW... Brett Baker is a Brit, not Baker, Brit. What's her name? Yeah, Dr. Brett Baker, DMD. She's an actual dentist. Uh, she's still the champ. She beat Nyla Rose. That was a good match. And they haven't pushed it yet, but Andrade and looks like Chavo Guerrero is going to help him out a little bit. Before it was Vicky. Vicky and Andrade is okay. Chavo, I, I could, I could do some stuff. And, uh, for some reason Andrade has, has shown up and called out Death Triangle, which is Pac. It is, um, Penta, El Zero, Miedo, and Ray Phoenix. Those are three guys. I, 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 I wouldn't call him out if my life depended on it, but he decided to do that. So if Andrade wants to prove he's one of the best on the planet, and he, he, he's going to have an argument because he's really good, his his matches with Death Triangle are, are really going to show us what kind of athlete he really is. Uh, let's go to Impact Wrestling next. Um, Let's see. The biggest thing going on right now, in my opinion, one of the biggest things, we had a, a New Japan guy come over. We had him come over a couple of weeks ago as he is part of the Bullet Club. He is running the, the the newest incarnation of the Bullet Club in New Japan. He is Jay White. He has been in Ring of Honor before, but uh, he trained over in New Japan. Uh, he's, he's good. He's, he's one of the better ones on the planet right now. i definitely give him that. Uh, it seems like he is bucking the Omega system. And kind of going with a new age bullet club thing. And he is trying to recruit Chris Bay. I don't know if Chris Bay would have been my first choice of people in Impact Wrestling to recruit. But uh, him and Jay White actually make an interesting duo. So I like it. I like it. And uh, they're kind of playing that back and forth. Initially, Bay said apparently he didn't do enough homework on me. Uh, I I walk along. Jay's like, well, offer's gonna be on the table for a little bit, and then I'll take it off. So we, I, and then by the end of the show, uh, they kind of saved each other a little bit and looked at each other. So, you know, to see the Bullet Club expand even more and there would be like a Impact Wrestling chapter and stuff like that. Okay, we'll see where that goes. But um, beyond that, Mickey James came out. She is back with the company. She came out to recruit Diana Peraza with the help of Gail Kim, of course, to be part of an NWA show. Apparently, there is now a talent exchange with NWA and and Impact Wrestling, which is good because, you know, that's why at the last pay-per-view, Diana Peraza took on, or Diana Peraza took on Thunder Rosa. Now, we can see those people. Now, we can see a whole new crop of people we can bring back and forth, and that's that's fantastic because a lot... I'd say at least half of the AEW roster has NWA ties. So it's inter- it'll be interesting to see some of uh, the NWA people show up in, in Impact. Um, uh, Finn Juice, which is David Finley and Juice Robinson tag team out of New Japan, they're really good. They're really good solo guys, too, but they're really good. Uh, They took on Ace and Fulton. Of course, they beat Ace and Fulton, and then a bunch of people come out and uh, decided to jump them and everything. But here's another crossover. This crossover adds legitimacy to the tag team ranks. They've been the tag team champions in Impact before. Uh, The Good Brothers do have the tag titles back, which is kind of what needed to happen. So, but it adds the Good Brothers and Finn Juice and a couple of the other teams going on. The tag division is is the one that needed the most help and impact, in my opinion. And they're bolstering it by doing things like that. So, I don't have a problem with it. Um what else it uh the new women's tag team champions rosemary and havoc uh took on fire and flavor in the rematch um they dominated fire and flavor flavor which is Tasha Steele's and Kira Hogan they're a good team I, I like they work together they they're kind of similar in the way they do some things and you know they were a good established team. They held the titles for a long time, so it's time. It was time to move them to somebody else, and we'll see what other teams they kind of throw together. Because there's not that many women's established teams, so. But uh, Impact's always had a good roster. It's just their booking. Sometimes it's all over the place, so. We'll see what they put together. I like the J-Watt crossover. I like the Finn Juice. Uh, I like uh, the NWA stuff with uh, Diana going to an all-women's NWA event. That should be fantastic. You should watch that. So we'll see what they get going. Uh, They'll they'll be on here in a few minutes, actually. Or no, they're actually on now. So we'll see what they come up with uh, for this week. Ring of Honor. You had Eli Esom against Dak Draper against Dalton Castle. These three have kind of intermingled a couple times in the last couple weeks. So uh, we knew this was going to happen at some point. Uh, Draper actually gets the win over Esom in this one, as Castle thought it was hilarious and acted as though he won as he paraded up the aisle. It's going to be interesting to see what, what happens there, because Dalton Castle had the chance to sign elsewhere, Instead, he came back and signed re-up with Ring of Honor. So he must feel like there's something he hasn't done. We'll see what he gets around to. We had world famous CB who took on Flip Gordon. CB man, see, uh, a cheeseburger is what uh, kind of his nickname began. It's a, it's a cool story if you ever want to look it up. It has to do with Bully Ray and uh, a promo that just the crowd takes a completely different direction, and he ended up with the name Cheeseburger. Well, he's world-famous world CB now. And uh, even though Flip won the match, Flip Gordon is a fantastic, flashy worker right now who is uh, it's, it's definitely tearing things up. i got to give some credit to CB. CB can go toe-to-toe with a lot of people. And this was, this was a really good match. Now, that being said, the other match on the card was PCO versus Sledge. I don't really know what happened. I mean, I know what happened in the match. I watched the match. And in said match, uh, they beat the crap out of each other. And then they were beat the crap out of each other on the outside. And then the bell was rung. I don't know if it was a double countout. If it was a DQ. If it was a, uh, a no contest. I don't know. All I know is that they're showing that Sledge can stay up with PCO. and a damage department. So I'm sure they'll have a rematch somewhere down the road. But hey. Ring of Honor is putting out a great product. And you guys should be watching. Now. Let's end by going through the WWE. Let's start. We'll go Raw, SmackDown, and then we'll finish with NXT. Because Raw and SmackDown are kind of interrelated in some crossover things they do. NXT is definitely its own entity. Raw, it opens up with the returning John Cena who comes out and says, this is why I want to face Roman Reigns. Because Roman's uh, a jerk. I'm paraphrasing. I'm trying to keep it family-friendly in case you're listening in the car. Shout out to all the amazing little ones who, who may be listening right now and wondering why I'm talking about things they may not know about. Although, there's a good chance that If you have little kids, not only can you listen to this podcast, and you should, but they probably watch more wrestling than, than a lot of people. So, listen to your kids. But anyway, he comes out and says uh, he's back because he wants to take on Roman Reigns. Okay. Uh. That led to uh, Riddle coming out, and they did a bro, bro, bro thing back and forth. It was ridiculously wretched. It was not. Using Cena to try to put Riddle over again is just making me not like Riddle that much more. Anyway, that led to uh, a six-man match. Right now they're really pushing Riddle versus John Morrison and the Viking Raiders versus AJ and Omos. Okay, they didn't find better stuff for him, in my opinion. Then we had a Symphony of Destruction match. We've had one of these before. It was Elias and it was Braun Strowman. And it involves swinging a large base, upright base. Uh, well, this one did too. And this between Elias and Riker. Uh, Riker ends up with the win, even though Elias did some damage with some of those uh instruments at ringside. Uh I don't know where they're going with this. They're they're building up Riker at Elias' expense of all things. But it's all like I said, it's it's a feud that the, the fans can't really get get into or get behind so much because it's so just out of nowhere. They were partners, they were par- or they were Elias was the star, Riker was the bodyguard, and it just went that way and went that way, and then all of a sudden, one week, Elias walks out, and the next week, they started these string of matches together. That I mean, Elias needs to tell us why he doesn't want to be around Riker. Riker needs to tell us why he wants to beat up Elias. It makes no sense. Um, Natalia and Tamina beating Nia and Shayna again. Now, this time, this caused Shayna to flip out on Nia, Nia Jax, and say, you need to do something with Reginald, because Reginald cost them the win there. It cost him the titles before. That cost him a rematch. And in a shocking turn of events, Nia actually agreed with Shayna and started to beat the crap out of Reginald. Reginald's kind of an acrobatic little short guy that, that's... Uh, I think he used to be a gymnast or something, the way he he kind of moves around. I think some sort of Olympian of some kind, but they taught him to wrestle. Uh he's pretty cool. And that actually led to uh because our truth ran down as he was being chased by the twenty four seven crew. Reginald actually wins a twenty four seven title. So he goes from being a valet manager to getting crap kicked out of him by his Uh, the person he's trying to manage, and I have Jax, to being the 24-7 champ. That led to some stuff this week as well, which we will talk about next week. But uh, that was a weird chain of events. Uh, Lashley did an open challenge to which Keith Lee actually answered his open challenge. They're returning Keith Lee. Keith seems to be doing good. He had some issues before. It's good to see him back. He was on Raw again this week. Uh, Had had another good showing. Uh, But him and Lashley, him him and Lashley could be something down the road that could be headline territory. But Keith Lee come up short in this. Obviously, they're uh, still showing Lashley's dominance. And then the open challenge was kind of answered again, this time, by Goldberg. It looks like somewhere down the road, maybe you SummerSlam, we're going to get Goldberg versus Lashley. Spear versus Spear. That could be fun. I'm usually not for, you know, it's great Edge is back, and it's great when John Cena comes back. and you know, it, But usually when you're bringing these people back, you're telling us, I couldn't make them a star on my own. We tried. So we're going to bring back somebody from the past to help. Boost them. I don't think you. I think Lashley was on his way to doing some big things anyway. But having Goldberg versus Lashley, okay, that's dream match. That's the other scenario. I like that. Give me that. Uh, we had Karrion and Cross make his debut. He's still the NXT champion, but he still come up. He comes up to RAW now. He took on Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy used the ropes and cheated and won. It looks like Jeff Hardy's going to get a push here soon because they changed his music back to what his solo music was and not the old Hardy uh, Hardy Boys music. Uh, but good for carrying Cross. He had a good showing. He had a match this week on Raw as well. Had a really good opponent. I have mentioned his opponent already just in the last couple of minutes, but uh, it was a fantastic match, and hopefully you saw it. If not, well, we'll talk about it next week. Um, and then... Charlotte defended the women's title that she won the night before at Money in the Bank uh, against Rhea Ripley. Charlotte uh, felt that Rhea was starting to get an upper hand, so she got herself disqualified, where Rhea wins by DQ. Rhea flips out and lays Charlotte out. And then we hear the music of the Money in the Bank women's winner from the night before, Nikki Ash. And Nikki Ash comes down and she throws the briefcase at the referee and she's cashing in. So they start the match. She catches Charlotte a couple times. Your new Raw Women's Champion is Nikki Ash. I'm a big Nikki fan. This was so great. You know how I say all the time it's the same people in the top? It was always Charlotte and Ashka. And when she was around Becky Lynch, which she should be back soon, I'm looking forward to Becky Lynch coming back. We miss her. Or I miss her. You guys may or may not. I do. You need her on the card. But always in the women's title hunt, the same way in the men's, it's the same three or four people all the time. It just is what it is. And just, it just got old. So the fact that they threw Nikki in there and then now she won and she's in the mix. Well, this is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And Raw goes off air with her grinning ear to ear in that ridiculous costume she's wearing. Hey, she's making the most of it. That's a, you, you get dealt a bad hand with a bad gimmick, and she's making the most of it. So good for her. But it went off the air, her smiling ear to ear with that belt. And that was just incredible. SmackDown. SmackDown opens up with John Cena and Paul Heyman. John Cena comes out and says, "Oh, Roman, 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 blah, blah, blah. He's a bad person. He's a jerk. He does these things here. I'm here to right the wrong." Instead of Roman, he gets Haman. Haman comes out. And he goes, "Oh, he'll answer you. He'll answer you later today. Later in the show." Well, he's, he's if you're wanting him to come out right now. It's not going to happen. Okay. Once again, I like the booking there. He doesn't need to come out right there. So, the very first match on SmackDown ended up. It was an indie classic. By, by indie classic, I mean two guys who have a very indie, independent style. Independent, uh, you know, not the big ones. Not the big ones on TV. They come from the the indie ranks, so to say. But once they get a TV, they shine. Uh, Finn Balor took on Sami Zayn, and this was. Unbelievable matchup. Just an unbelievable matchup. I enjoyed the crap out of it. I went back and watched it again. It was that good. But Balor gets the win, of course. Balor just showing up on SmackDown uh, from NXT. I think it's it's a good fit. I like it. Um, At one time, we had Big E, Apollo, Robert Roode, Dolph Ziggler, uh, Boogs, Shins- Shinsuke, Nakamura, and Cesaro all in the... Biggie was trying to celebrate his money in the bank. And all of them come down and, and nothing really come up except for they all kind of knock each other around. Uh, SmackDown did something they've never done before that, that I can recall either. They had a simultaneous show. They had a show going on in the arena where they were at, and they had a show at a hip-hop festival in Cleveland. And at one time, they threw it over to there, where uh, Angelo Dawkins of the Street Profits took on Chad Gable of the Alpha Academy. Of course, Dawkins wins a pretty good match. Uh, as As Street Profits were celebrating, Bianca Belair comes out and dances around a little bit. And then the very next match, she takes on Carmella to defend the belt. This was the this was to make up for Bailey getting injured and then moving Carmella into the uh, title picture immediately. You're going to see these two down the road. Um, I think Carmella could be the one to upset the apple cart that is Bianca Belair. It just wasn't this time. As uh, Bianca keeps the title... And we keep moving on, which she wasn't going to lose on SmackDown anyway. Uh, It'll be a pay-per-view if she does lose it. And, I mean, why not let her keep it through the summer? She's actually doing some good things with it. She's a a good brand ambassador. Uh, I just like Carmella more. Let's just put it on this. Um, Looks like Seth Rollins and Edge may get into something. Then we had another debut from NXT as one of my favorites and soon to be one of your favorites, Tony Storm. Great Tony Storm took on Selena Vega. These two really tore it up. Tony Storm obviously gets the win. She's a good fit for SmackDown. Uh, give her a couple months and you can start putting her up in the the uh, the bigger picture if you want. I would give her a, a bunch of matches like this to really have her established so that people who don't know her will learn her quickly. But uh, congratulations, Tony Storm, on that. It was so great to see her uh, on SmackDown. She kind of ran out of things to do in NXT. They kind of moved in a different direction. So she moves in a different direction as well. Uh, Dominic Mysterio took on Jimmy Uso. They're still doing the Mysterios and the Usos, because their tag division is kind of all over the place as well. Uh, Jimmy Uso wins, of course. Dominic's good, but I, he he can't beat Jimmy Uso by himself. Uh, then we get Roman, who comes out to, uh, to end the show. Roman and Haman, and Roman comes out, and uh, for all the crap that Cena had talked about him, well, he fed it back to him, and he said, "Here it is again, the, the great you know knight in shining armor coming to avenge the." Uh, the, the bad guy and, and all that. He's always coming to take him out. It's like, God. Cena still comes out to the same music, so does the same things. He goes, I I, I don't want to go back to 2005. So, he tells Cena, appreciate the offer. No thanks. No thanks. I'm good. And then, Ben Balor's music hits. Interesting. Random, but interesting. Otherwise known as WWE SmackDown. And Balor comes out and he says to Roman, well, you just said no to Cena's challenge. What about mine? If SummerSlam is headlined by Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor, take my money. Take my money now. That is uh, just that is a video game matchup. That is as good as Roman is right now. You get a wild card like Balor. Uh, Balor's probably not going to beat him, but even if he does, it's legitimate. It's it makes sense. So the most important thing I like from SmackDown is Roman and Balor right now and Tony Storm. There's some other good things they're doing. I'm not saying they're doing anything bad. I'm just saying. That is two things I would keep my eyes on uh, in the in the next couple weeks because that main event could be incredible. Just incredible. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people. It's so much fun to come on here each and every week and talk pro wrestling, MMA, combat sports. I mean, Triller's got some events coming up soon. Uh, a lot of other things going to get fired up. Hey, we keep plugging along through the summer. Hope you guys are enjoying everything, but I'm Jeremy the Impact Door. Thanks for tuning in to another great edition of Strong Style. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch wrestling.